The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Our guest today is Alex Passmore, CEO of Rocks Resources. Trades under the code RXL and was last quoted at 2.8 cents for a market cap of about 40 million. Now, Rocks has a bunch of interesting nickel and nickel platinum group metal interests in WA's northeastern goldfields, which will come into their own as most suspect nickel prices take off as the world switches to electric vehicles over time. But its main focus since April last year is the UME gold complex on the Greenstone Belt of the same name south of Sandstone in WA's Southern Cross Province. UME, a joint venture with Venus Metals, was a high-grade gold producer up until 1997, when an Australian gold price of $400 an ounce made for tough going. The gold price is now, of course, $2,300 an ounce, so there's plenty of incentive there to revive the old gill, which comes with an existing 1.2 million ounce resource and plenty of expiration upside. Talking about expiration upside, just 25 kilometres to the south of you and me is where Spectrum Metals notched up a 355,000 ounce high-grade discovery at the old Penny West mine. Spectrum is now the subject of a $208 million agreed takeover bid from Remelius. So it can be said that the broader you and me belt and you and me itself is now very much on the radar for investors. With that, I'm going to welcome Alex to the podcast. G'day, Alex. G'day, Barry. Good to talk to you. Now, before jumping into you and me and perhaps touching on the company's other projects, it would be great if you could give us a rundown on your background and career ahead of becoming CEO last year. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Barry. Uh, so I was originally a, a geologist uh, for Western Mining um, and, uh, and was involved in their nickel business uh, and also some of their bulk commodity businesses a long time ago. Uh, I then uh, moved into the finance arena, having a, having a, double, uh, a double focus to my, um, to my education, I suppose, and, and, uh, and then was a mining analyst and and rose to head of research at, at Patterson's or Patterson Old Manette as it was known then, uh, which is which has ultimately become uh, Canaccord more recently. So that that was about a uh, about a ten or eleven year career in the equities market, um, which culminated in me um, in, in me being involved in their corporate finance division, uh, raising equity capital for a lot of the um, a lot of the explorers and and developers that we uh, we you know we now have in our sector. Uh, and uh, and that was certainly a very interesting time. Uh, after that, I moved over onto the uh, onto the debt side of the capital markets and ran Commonwealth Bank's natural resources business in Western Australia for three years, uh, and that was lending and hedging and providing capital to um, a lot of the juniors, but also the majors in Western Australia. Uh, and that was a, that was a very interesting time as well, seeing uh, seeing you know what what credit departments want and credit risk people look at when financing a project, uh, and uh, and and be also being able to back some of the great success stories that we've got in the sector as well. 
Right. Uh, always an interesting combination, geology, finance, stockbroking. You must have a pretty good feel then for what makes for a good project and what investors want. Have you got that in you and mine? Yes, so we think uh, we, we, I believe we do. We've got um, we've got a real head start in terms of the infrastructure. So around uh, around forty percent is a general rule of thumb of of a greenfields uh, projects capital will be things like ball fields, power lines, airstrips, camps, roads, civils, all that sort of thing. So you and me has a good head start. You know, there's tailing stamps with uh, with, with capacity. There's a, a plant, an old plant there that needs refurbishment. Uh, which which we may or may not refurbish. Uh, there's power lines, bore fields, airstrips. You know, you know things like you know the process water doesn't affect the uh, gold processing adversely because it's been done before. Uh, so so there's a real head start in that in that sense, and it's de-risked. It's been it's been done in this field before, which is um, which is very important from a risk point of view. The the project sits on granted mining leases. is a disturbed site, which which makes it qu- quicker. Uh, to go through the approvals process, so, so that helps. Uh, that helps as well. In terms of uh, looking at the economics and, and payback of a pro- of the project, which is obviously very important to any financier, uh, you and me uh, has a one point two million ounce resource now, and that's uh, that's simply based on uh, old drilling and, and drilling done by previous operators with, with di- a different focus to us. Uh, and then we've we've uh, recently discovered. Uh, a new series of shear zones which uh, which go into the you and me granite uh, adjacent to the greenstone and adjacent to the old deposits uh, and that's delivering some spectacular grades uh, and we'll have a we're hoping to have our maiden resource out on that prospect called the grace prospect in April this year so the um, that pr- that project looking at that deposit uh, is shallow open pitable starts at surface uh, looks to be free milling from what we can see at the moment. Um, there's metallurgical test work underway uh, and would th- theoretically offer a very quick capital payback due to the grades and the shallow nature of the ore body. So that would be something that when, you know, theoretically you're looking at a banking model, which is all about debt service cover ratios and also uh, paybacks, uh, the, that, that looks very financeable. Uh, from an early, you know, from, from an early look, but but the work is is uh, still ongoing. Where's Grace in relationship to the the old operations? Right. So uh, the the main the main pit uh, at UME is about one kilometre long by about three hundred metres wide at its widest point, and the that that was sitting on a granite greenstone boundary uh, with the gold mostly being in the greenstone. The previous operators used to drill into the granite. Uh, around 20 or 30 metres and then say, okay, well, well, let's pull up the drill hole. That's the ore body's, you know, not there. That's that's the foot wall. And uh, we've discovered a new series of loads actually internal, in, in, in the granite. It's actually in, in sheared granite, uh, analogous, we think, to King of the Hills deposit, mm-hmm. uh, which is now owned by Red 5 and, and was a, has been a fantastic mine in the past. Uh, and... Uh, that those shear zones, which are related to the same gold mineralising event as the main UME um, main load, um, ha- haven't been picked up in the past because in the eighties there was a, there was a common philosophy that there was no gold in granite, so it was missed, and so so it sits very close to the existing main load, about two hundred metres 
inwards into the granite in the foot wall of the main load. The other interesting thing is these loads run north, north, west, south, east uh, along the side of the old pit and, in fact, go under the old plant and probably under the old waste dump as well as um, just in the, in normal, in the, you know, cutting across the countryside as, as you know, uh, um, an undiscovered um, load uh, outcropping at the surface. So we will, in the fullness of time, work out whether it's, uh, whether it's worthwhile moving the plant or, or, or scrapping it all together. Um, you probably wouldn't tackle the mineralisation under a waste dump in, in an open pit scenario. You'd probably go underground for that, uh, just just uh, because that that would result in a, a lot of material movement. So there are all the things we're thinking about. Uh, it does sit close to existing infrastructure, which is probably also the reason why it's undiscovered because uh, because there wasn't um, a willingness to drill close to existing infrastructure once the project was in production because that um, that might make. Uh, make for a few difficult decisions. Mm. So with this new uh, resource model around the granites, uh, potential game changer for you and me? Absolutely. So we have, um, we have 80 kilometres of strike of the you and me belt. That's where the largest landholder in that, in that belt. And what it's opened up is the entire margin of that granite, uh, which has never been properly drilled, uh, for exploration. So we're, we're very excited about that uh, and we'll be uh, carrying out that exploration over the coming months. But, you know, so we're focused on drilling out grace uh, and, uh, and then looking at regional uh, projects as well with, with Air Corps, followed by RC, you know, and hopefully followed by Diamond should they, should they prove to be worthy of that. So, you know, there's a, there's a strike length of the margin of that granite of around 10 kilometres to, to explore just as a start. Okay. Now, the existing resource uh, comes with a upper oxide profile and a lower sulphide profile, uh, the latter having a reputation for being difficult to treat. Is that justified and how does that figure in your planning? Sure. So um, the interesting thing about this deposit is that it's, very, it's a very, very fertile gold system. So there's 2 million ounces at UMA that that have been proven up and they were proven up by, by work in the 80s and 90s and that, that's adding back past production to the existing resource. And when, when the gold mineralising event occurred, you know, uh, the, the gold doesn't, uh, the gold is looking for either a pressure change or a chemistry change uh, and several other factors in the, in the rock uh, to, to drop out. Essentially, so the, the gold is carried along in fluids and drops out when there's when there's a certain set of circumstances that, that let it drop out. What we see at you and me is that there's gold in quartz veins in Mafix, which is free milling. There's gold in granite, which is free milling, and there is some gold. Part of the the, the old ore body is in a greenstone belt associated with a mineral called arsenopyrite, which is an iron sulphide, which basically represents where the gold mineralising fluids have have hit a uh, sulphide and iron-rich layer and precipitated out as arsenopyrite or gold in arsenopyrite, which is tr- which is more tricky to to process. So uh, that's not the focus of rocks. That area is not the focus of of rocks for now. Uh, we're focused on drilling out grace. Uh, we have a few good ideas about how to monetize that sulphide resource in the fullness of time. One of them might be selling a concentrate to a few parties overseas which have proven some which has shown some interest in, in taking a concentrate and in some cases you can get paid up to 85 percent of the value of the gold but uh, certainly you know that would involve re-entering an old underground mine and and 
there and working on the sulfide. So we're not we're not um, we're not you know focused on that day to day at the moment. That's just just a few concepts. So um, so a lot of you and me, a lot of the you and me all body is free milling, um, and certainly Grace looks like that to us now, and uh, and that's what we're uh, working on. Right. Okay. Now, with all that upside potential, uh, no point having that if you haven't got the cash to uh, actually get going with the drilling rig. Uh, what is the cash position at the company? Sure. So we've got seven point five million in cash and receivables. Uh, we, we part of about uh, just under half of that is actually a receivable that's due from Tech Resources in a couple of years, and that relates to the sale of an old an old asset, uh, a zinc mine that that Rocks held up in the Northern Territory. We're looking at various ways that we could potentially finance that $3.75 million receivable. Uh, and then the rest is, is usable cash. So we're sitting, so we are sitting at around a 3.25 usable cash at right at the moment. Um, and that gives us plenty of money to go on with uh, what we want to do. We've got one rig flat out at Grace. We've sent another rig up there um, this week, so early February or mid-February. And uh, we're, we're sending a rig out to drill on our nickel project as well. So we're, we're, we're certainly very confident around what we're doing and, and we have budgets to, to, to cover what we're doing. And the, the view, though, is also that the markets are there for the right projects, the capital markets are there for the right projects, and, and, uh, and so that shouldn't be a problem for us, you know, when and if we need it. Yeah. Um, tech's a great one to have as the counterparty, but I was just intrigued why it's a long-dated uh, receivable. It was, it's based on a decision to mine the Tina zinc deposit or the earlier of a decision to mine the, the Tina zinc deposit or a date. So that it's just that date. So it was it was um, just a, a you know, part of the deal at the time. Right. And on the gold front, you're, uh, you mentioned there um, marshalling more drilling rigs. So there will be a strong news flow in the coming months? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so the team are very busy. Uh, we've got, two, yeah, like I say, two rigs at UME and one going out to Mount Fisher, which is a, a gold and nickel project, and uh, plenty of news flow. Uh, Maiden Resource should be out for Grace in April, um, and then updates on the broader project after that, uh, and also we'll see what, what happens up at Mount Fisher. Right. Now, probably a good point to talk a bit about the uh, nickel interest at Mount Fisher. What's the situation there? Some historic resources, um, nickel price everyone's waiting to take off. What's your thoughts on all that? We have held the nickel project. Uh, it was a rocks discovery in 2012, uh, and it's a, uh, a Leinster style of deposit, actually. So or a cross between a Leinster and a Cambalda style of deposit. Kamadiart flow hosted um, nickel sulphide deposit, a, what they call a class one nickel deposit, which is... Uh, what you need to make uh, nickel sulfate, which is a precursor for for batteries, uh, which is which is so we're in the right type of nickel, if you like. Mm-hmm. And that project um, is about 150 kilometres from BHP's Leinster project, and it has very similar metallurgy. It's about 4.5 to one iron to MGO. Uh, so it's a good project. 78,000 tonnes of contained nickel at present. Uh, at an average grade of 1.9% nickel, and we're expecting that to grow. The focus of exploration over the past uh, five years has been to look for basal contacts and ultramafic positions. That's changed slightly this year. We're actually looking for structurally remobilised nickel sulphides, so nickel in felsics that are adjacent to the ultramafic, and that should hopefully yield some higher grades and um, shear zone hosted nickel deposits, which which you know you usually see a, a pretty good metallurgy and pretty good grade. Mm. 
Uh, they're hard to find, but we've uh, we've got some very good targets. They are hard to find, and given the established resource there, I was just wondering, and given the company's uh, focus at the moment on you and me, you're getting many uh, phone calls from uh, interested parties in the nickel assets. Yeah, we have, um, and one of the one of the uh, interesting concepts is, you know, should we be a dual commodity company or should we just purely focus on gold? Um, my, my basic philosophy: if it's good enough for Independence Group, it's good enough for us. Or WMC way back, of course. Or, or, or WMC way back, of course, exactly. So, look, the reality is, you, you end up exploring for both. Um, gold and nickel in the Mount Fisher belt because, and, and indeed in a lot of belts in Western Australia and a lot of greenstone belts, they occur in the same type of rocks in, in, in mafic and ultramafic belts. So uh, for us, we have a camp sitting in the middle of the belt and on the, on the eastern side we drill for, for, we're drilling for nickel sulphides uh, and on the western side we're drilling for gold and you, and you do it all at once. So, to, you know, corporately you could, you know, is one thing, but practically it's easy to explore for both and, and we own the tenements across the whole belt, uh, which host both commodities. So, you know, we, we could look at splitting those tenements and and, uh, and spinning off a nickel project if we really wanted to, but we, we find it easy to manage uh, and, and we like the macro outlook for nickel as well. And it provides, it, you know, it, it does provide a, a hedge for, for gold generally. You know, they, they, they can tend to move in opposite directions. Mm. What's your thought on the nickel price? Um, it uh, looked like it was going to take off there for a while. But... It did, it did. So I think the battery thematic still to play out. Uh, so there was at the t- it looked like it was going to take off. Uh, I think there was some um, potentially some games being played with um, with large trading houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the scuttlebutt mm-hmm. uh, back from from LME week and so forth? Uh, the you know and, and that uh, that's you know, a bit concerning. Uh, but oh, you know, in the fullness of time, the market fundamentals will take over, and the outlook for for nickel prices is, is good. In the long term, the outlook for the nickel price is good. Uh, nickel projects, sulphide projects, are, are hard to find. Uh, and, and there is an expected supply squeeze coming. Okay, so just pulling it all together, what should investors look out for in coming months from the company? Yeah, sure. So we've got uh, three drilling rigs going, so plenty of exploration news flow. We've got a res- maiden resource at Grace and at UME. There'll be scoping studies uh, and, and economic studies done thereafter. Uh, we've got an, a really exciting project uh, program starting uh, up at Mount Fisher Gold Nickel Project, and hopefully we'll see nickel results flowing from that too. So a really action-packed and exciting six months for us ahead. Just on a personal level, you're enjoying uh, being back at the coalface, as it were, rather than the uh, more austere world of finance, corporate finance? I am, Barry. It's, it's really good. It's really good, really, really enjoying it. Uh, the, you know, it's, it's good to be actively exploring with a great team of people, watching their excitement as we're discovering things and uh, and being able to mentor a few of those guys is, is really very enjoyable. The finance side of things is, um, is, is very exciting and the cut and thrust of that's great. Although you tend to, you know, do a deal and then move on, do a deal and then move on, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, debt financing or an equity financing, and uh, and so it's just great to uh, to get into the detail, you know, and the longer term side of watching rocks unfold. Yeah, well, that's great to hear, Alex. Thanks for your time today. Lots of uh, exciting stuff to come from the company in the months ahead. So we'll all be watching with interest, and all the best with it. And thanks for your time. Pleasure. Thanks, Barry. Bye.